Welcome to New Life. We're so glad you're here. If you're here for the very first time, I'm Pastor Chris, and we want to offer you a special welcome. Before we get into the message for today, we have something we want to share with you from last night. We had uh, the, I guess it's the third Saturday of the month now, we have baptisms. And so we had two baptisms last night. So let's see the pictures that we have from that event. First, we have Kurt Bowers, who um, recently responded to the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior and Lord and wanted to share that um, testimony with everybody by being baptized last night. And then his daughter Mia was also baptized last night as well. So that was a very powerful moment in our service. So today we're continuing our Christmas season series which is called Holy Moments. And I want to tell you a story about probably one of the most amazing holy moments that I ever experienced in my life. It happened during my first mission trip to mainland China back in 1998. As Pastor Alex reminded us a couple weeks ago, the reason the series is titled Holy Moments is life's not measured by time, but by moments. We rarely, rarely remember a whole year or a month, a week, or even a whole day, but we do remember moments of time. I don't remember most of what I did in 1998, and I know there are a lot of you here who don't remember anything about 1998 because you weren't even born yet, but I do remember, I do remember a few holy moments from that trip to China, and this one stands out as the most powerful. But before I get into that, I need to tell you that I nearly missed it. I nearly missed the moment altogether. I had three opportunities to obey God's voice, which, would have, which did lead to a holy moment, but every time I hesitated. And in fact, the hesitations forms the basis for our take-home point today. And if you're new, the take-home point is the one point from this message that comes from Scripture that we want to take home and live out in the week ahead. And so here it is. We don't know how many holy moments we miss because of hesitation. Pastor Alex told us how Joseph, Mary's husband, experienced a holy moment when he took one courageous step of obedience. And as we read the story, though, we saw that before Joseph obeyed, he hesitated. In fact, Joseph was going to divorce Mary because he knew that Mary was pregnant and he was not the father. And while he was contemplating divorcing Mary, he had a dream. And in that dream, God spoke to him and told him that Mary was telling the truth, that the child within her was from the Holy Spirit. And so Joseph had something to do, a very simple thing. He simply had to obey God and get married to Mary. And he had no idea what the consequences of that obedience would be, but he didn't hesitate. And, and that really is the point. Obedience is our responsibility. The outcome belongs to God. Last week, Pastor Christian shared how God called Mary to bear Jesus, his only son. And when the angel Gabriel visited Mary, Mary was first of all amazed, she was confused, and she was a little hesitant. Actually, uh, once Gabriel explained why he had come, Mary said, excuse me, like how am I going to have a child? I'm a virgin. And when Gabriel explained what Mary did next changed history. Pastor Kristen told us it was a holy moment, but it was far more than a moment. She said this, Mary had a holy moment that led to countless holy moments, but she wouldn't have experienced it if she didn't surrender to God. Surrender isn't just a moment in time, it's moments all of the time. So of all the women in history, only Mary holds the distinction of being the mother of Jesus. But for each and every one of us, when we obey a single act that God calls us to do, the first thing that happens is we have to have a moment of surrender. 
But that moment of surrender is going to be followed by many more moments of surrender as we obey his will and purpose in our lives. So with all of that background, let's return to the story about what happened in China. We were in southern China in Chengdu, and uh, our group was a, a group of about 25 Americans and two Singaporeans. And we were basically, uh, in Chengdu, we were walking to a Buddhist temple. And the reason we were going to the Buddhist temple is because the next day we were flying to Lhasa, Tibet, which is the center of Buddhism on the planet. And Pastor Mark Geppert wanted us to experience prayer walking in a Buddhist temple, which most of us had never done before, before we went to the Patala Palace, which is the Dalai Lama's home, and then to the Jokan Temple, which is the center temple of Buddhism on earth. So as we walked near the temple, there were several people either sitting or standing along the sidewalk. And as we walked past them, I came to a paralyzed man. And as clear as day, the Holy Spirit said to me, I want you to pray for his healing. And I hesitated. And I wish I could tell you that I surrendered and that I obeyed. But I did more than hesitate. I said, God, I'm not going to make a fool out of myself. Like, I, I don't, what, what if I pray and nothing happens? And then I, then I had the, uh, the dumbest thought. I said, you know, what if this thought isn't even from God? Like, why would anybody but God ask me to pray for a paralyzed man to be able to walk? It makes absolutely no sense. A guy that, first of all, never met me before and didn't even speak my language. Nevertheless, I walked by the man and I went into the temple. So as we walked through the temple, I was walking with a teenage girl from our group and she started to get really freaked out. So we walked outside and, and we were sitting outside and she shared with me that back home she had been involved in some satanic activity and this walk through the Buddhist temple had brought that up in her and she, she was just frightened, scared to death. So we talked it through and then we prayed it through and she was fine. So then we walked back to the hotel and as we were walking back to the hotel we came by the paralyzed man again. And again the Holy Spirit said, pray for him to be healed. And I knew this was my last chance because we were never going to see this guy again. It was my last chance to see if God was really going to provide a holy moment. But once again, I hesitated. Once again, I, I walked past. So the next day, we went to the airport. We were scheduled to fly to Lhasa, as I said. And we sat there for a couple of hours. And then our flight was canceled due to weather. So we had to wait uh, another day in Chengdu. And when we returned to the hotel, the teenager asked me if we could walk back to the temple again because she wanted to make sure that she was okay before we went to Lhasa the next day. And I agreed. It seemed to make sense. So as we were walking, I'm telling her, you know what you have to do when God talks to you, you have to obey him. Whether he tells you through his written word or whether he tells you through his spirit, you need to do what he says. And we came to the, one, uh, the man a third time, and obviously he's still there. He's paralyzed. He can't walk. He's still sitting there begging. And, and I walked past him a third time, and, and, and I thought, how ludicrous is this? I just told this girl she needs to obey God. So I turned to her. I said, you know, I just told you that when God speaks to us, we have to obey him. Well, he's told me three times, twice yesterday and once today, to pray for this guy to be healed, and so we're going to pray for him. Uh, I walked back to the man, and I looked him in the eye, said hi, and I said, do you speak English? No, he didn't speak English. So there were a few other people around. I said, do any of you speak English? And none of them spoke English. And so then I said something that, if in retrospect, didn't make a lot of sense because none of them understood English. I said, I'm going to pray for you in English for you to be healed. And then I'm going to pray in a language I don't understand. and You probably won't understand for you to be healed. And he just looked at me with a blank look with absolutely no understanding. So I laid my hand on him and I started to pray. And the girl with me laid her hand on me and she started praying silently. And as I prayed in English, nothing happened. 
And then when I started praying in tongues, I felt the power of God come through the girl, through me, into the man. And when I looked at him, he, he was transformed. He got the biggest, I've never seen a bigger smile than this in my entire life. And he just had a transformed look of joy on his face. But he was still paralyzed. I didn't realize in that moment that a holy moment had just happened. Let me explain it to you quickly. So we go back to the hotel and we tell the two Singaporeans who spoke Chinese about what happened. And they got so excited, they ran back to find the guy. And when they found him, because they could speak Chinese, they questioned him. And he said, there were two Americans. There was a man and there was a young girl and they prayed for me. And when they prayed for me, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord. (laughs) It is amazing. And... I mean, the guy still couldn't walk, but he knew Jesus. Well, these two guys, they didn't hesitate about anything. They loved Jesus. And there was a woman standing there who was deaf and couldn't speak. And so they prayed for her, laid hands on prayed for her, and God healed her. And when they came back and told us, I couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe it that this holy moment had happened, and I didn't even know it. And the reality is, I just about missed it because of my hesitation. And I've often thought about that moment and so many other times over the years when I've hesitated and I think to myself, why? Why did I hesitate? For those of you who follow Jesus, I can almost promise you that this coming week, in the next few days, you are going to have multiple opportunities to share life and the love of God. They might not look like a paralyzed man sitting beside a sidewalk. They might look like ordinary interactions, a person at a coffee shop or someone at your office or someone in the lunchroom at school. And it might look like an ordinary conversation, but many times it's not going to be ordinary at all. I want you to know it will be a divine appointment from our Heavenly Father who has prepared someone else's heart to hear the hope that you have in your heart if you have the boldness to share. How about an amen, Henry? All right. There's going to be times. How many of you know what I'm talking about when you're going to feel prompted? Have you ever felt prompted? Raise your hand if you ever felt prompted by God to say something. And when God prompts you, you're going to have a choice. To obey boldly and you never know how God might use one moment of boldness to change someone's life so this week you're going to have a prompting if your heart's ready if your eyes are open you're going to have a prompting and you will either respond boldly or you'll hesitate and do nothing that's why today's message is titled to hell with hesitation pray with me father we ask by your holy spirit's power to embolden us to share the good news of your son jesus love we pray this in jesus name and all you bold people say all right right now let's turn to the christmas story we find it in luke chapter 2 and we read about mary and joseph of course and we also read about the baby jesus but we also read about some bold people who didn't hesitate turn with me to luke chapter 2 verse 8 It's on the screen. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. I want everybody to say, I like shepherds. shepherds. You might be thinking, I never even met a shepherd. How can I like one? But I can tell you this. After this message, you're going to like shepherds. So there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. So do you realize that this prophetic word, this world-changing, history-altering moment followed 400 years of silence 
by God. The last time God had spoken was through the prophet Malachi 400 years earlier when he said he was going to turn the hearts of the fathers back to their children and the hearts of the children back to their fathers and then silence for 400 years. Now God spoke again. And what's profoundly interesting is the angel speaking on God's behalf didn't announce the Savior's birth to the king in Jerusalem or to the elite or to anyone in power. He announced it to shepherds tending their sheep at night. If you know anything about first century shepherds and their status in society, it raises a question. Why in the world shepherds? During that time in history, people despised shepherds. They had very little respect in society. They weren't permitted to testify in courts of law. Most of them didn't own or sell property. They were considered ceremonially unclean, which meant they weren't allowed to go to the temple to worship. So if you have a friend who's a shepherd, you can't even invite them to church because they're not allowed to come in. That's the kind of people they were. In short, shepherds were social outcasts. They were on the bottom rung of society. They were right there with tax collectors and dung sweepers. Now, if you've never heard of dung sweepers, think about it. They lived in a culture where dung sweepers were probably an important job, but you didn't want to shake hands with them when they were done with their work. Some of you will get that on the way home. If you, um, if you, ha- if you were a parent in those days and you saw a shepherd walking down the road, you had your kids walk on the other side of the road because you were afraid that maybe you got too close to a shepherd, you would get unclean yourself. Think about that. Shepherds stood on the bottom rung of society, and yet in Scripture, we see that God sent the heavenly host and chose shepherds to declare the greatest news in history. The Savior has been born. The moment the shepherds heard the news, they said, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see what happened. And with no hesitation, they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. Don't you love this? They didn't hesitate. They didn't hold back. They didn't say, hey, we better think about this for a little while. Maybe, maybe we should have a prayer meeting. Maybe we should check and see if we have enough frequent flyer miles to make the trip to Bethlehem. They didn't do any of that. They simply ran right to Bethlehem. No hesitation. One of my greatest prayers for the American church today is for us to get rid of spiritual hesitation. Wouldn't it be great If people said, I want to be the first one in church because I want to be in God's presence. Wouldn't it be great if we said, I don't ever want to go to church by myself anymore. I'm always going to bring somebody else because I want somebody else to know what I've known. I would love it if people recognize what they recognized in the New Testament church. Jesus is coming back soon. Imagine if we lived like that. We wouldn't hesitate. We'd have a sense of urgency. Do you know what's coming this week? (laughs) It's Christmas. It's the birth of Jesus. This week, according to surveys, is the most likely week of the year for someone who's far from God to say yes to an invitation to come close to God. That's right, not Easter. People think that people are going to come to church on Easter. They will, but they're more likely to come to church on Christmas than any other time of the year. God, please give us an urgency. Give us a heart for those who are far from you. Give us eyes to see in every single interaction that we might be able to bring someone to you. Because you have no idea what God might do through one moment of boldness to change someone's life. After seeing the baby, what did the shepherds do? It says, after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. So what did they do? They told everyone. Don't miss this for a moment. It took courage. It took a great deal of courage for those shepherds to go out and tell everybody because everybody hated them. Nobody liked shepherds. They were dismissed by people. No, they were nobodies. People didn't like them, didn't believe them, so the next time you're tempted to hesitate, and maybe you do, remember, you're not alone. We all hesitate. Why do we hesitate? 
well, maybe we feel a little bit insecure. Maybe if we start talking about Jesus and they ask the question, we won't know the answer. Or we don't want to be pushy, right? We don't want to be one of those weird, annoying, obnoxious Christians, right? We all know them. The ones that nobody wants to be around because they're just, they're just freaky. We don't want to be that. But when Jesus changes your life, when your sins are forgiven and you're made new, you're born into God's family and you inherit all of God's riches and you didn't deserve any of it. You didn't do anything to deserve it. You just can't keep that to yourself. Do you want people to know you've been changed by Jesus? And don't you have to tell somebody about that? The scripture says, and all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. They were blown away. What was their message? It was bold and they told everyone, the virgin has given birth to son. His name is Jesus and he has come to save all people, all people from their sins. Their message was easy, it was simple, and it was clear. God reached down so you can be raised up. God took our sins so we can have his righteousness. God was born into poverty so we can have eternal riches. God didn't announce this message to royalty in a palace, but to shepherds, outcasts, so the world would know that no one is too far from God's reach and no one is too low for God's love. He reached out to those who were despised and overlooked and chose the lowly shepherds on a remote hillside outside a tiny Judean village. You know why? Because God often chooses the unlikely to do the extraordinary. He often chooses people like you and me, those who don't feel educated enough or holy enough or worthy enough. He calls us, he calls you, he prompts you. That's why I wanna tell you, if you're a follower of Jesus, I promise you this week, it's gonna be a guy in a coffee shop, it's gonna be that new girl at the office, or it's gonna be the boss that you'd rather pray for than witness to. But you have, you're gonna have multiple opportunities this week. God will prompt you. You have no idea how God might use one moment of boldness to change someone's life. Or you might hesitate. And that's why I say, to hell with hesitation. To hell with hesitation. I sort of like saying that. You know, and, and I know, I know some of you are upset right now because I said hell in church. You're more upset that I said hell in church that some people are actually gonna die and go to hell. You know, at some point we have to care more about those who are out there who are lost than we care about the rules that we have on the inside. We have to go out and we have to say with Jesus' love, we have to say this, no matter where you are, no matter what you've done, no matter where you're, what you're doing right now, no matter Jesus' grace is real, and it's just as great real for you as it was for me. No more hesitation. No more hesitation. When you think about the Christmas story, who knew about Jesus' birth? Well, of course, Mary. She was right there in the middle of it. There was Joseph, and then there were some uneducated, unlikely, unkempt shepherds. They told everyone about Jesus' birth. Everyone. And you know, that's why we're here today, 2,000 years later, because of those shepherds' boldness. I want you to feel the weight and the joy of that, you have no idea how God might use one moment of boldness, one moment. In the light of that, here's today's next step. The thing we're gonna do this week, I will take a bold step this week and I'll invite someone to join me for worship on Christmas Eve. Maybe before we do that, we need to say a bold prayer, right? I mean, if we're gonna be bold this week, we probably need to say a bold prayer. So I want you to get ready. We're gonna say a bold prayer. It's gonna be simple. Lord, make me bold. Would you say that with me? Lord, make me bold. Okay, you can say it, so now I know you can pray it. And I want you to keep praying it and keep believing and keep being sensitive to God's voice. What's gonna happen if you're hesitated when, you prompted, when you're prompted this week? Well, the answer is not much. Not much. 
But what if you had an urgency born out of a transformed life? What if you think about your boss or your wayward child or your cousin Susie and you say, I want you to know the freedom and the joy. I want you to know what it's like to be forgiven. What would happen if you're bold? One moment of boldness, the lost might be found, the blind might see, the deaf might hear, the dead might come to life, God might break the chains of addiction, free people from depression, restore broken relationships, answer prayers, and change countless lives because you have no idea how God might use one moment of boldness to change someone's life. I want you to close your eyes for a minute. Right now, just close your eyes, and I want you to be prayerful. I want you to get ready to pray, Lord, make me bold. If you pray it, I guarantee you, you're gonna be uncomfortable at times and you're gonna feel like it's gonna take more faith sometimes. Sometimes you will hesitate, but when you act, you're gonna see immediate miracles and at other times, you might not see anything at all. But you know what? I would rather have the satisfaction of knowing I did what God asked me to do than carry the pain of hesitating because I've hesitated far too many times. If you pray, make me bold, you'll start seeing people everywhere you go and opportunities everywhere you are to be the light this dark world needs. So if you're willing, let's pray it. And let's get ready to see God give you lots of moments to be bold. If you're willing to pray that prayer, lift your hand right now. All right, let's pray. Lord, make me bold. Lord, make me bold. In Jesus' name we pray. Lord, I thank you in advance for all the divine opportunities you're gonna give us this week. Help us to be interruptible. Let us be willing to let you prompt us. God, help us to see opportunities. Give us an urgency. Help us to see people. God, prompt us to invite them to worship. Then, God, at the right time when your Holy Spirit leads us, give us the words to say and the faith to believe that we're gonna plant good seeds into good soil and one day you will provide the harvest. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. This week, I want you to pray those words when you wake up in the morning. Lord, make me bold. And then when you go to school or you go to work or wherever you are and you need a little extra bold, just say, pray, Lord, make me bold. Everybody, I want you to get ready because you know what? If you do that, I don't think you're even gonna be able to leave this building before you're gonna have the opportunity to pray for somebody, to give somebody the good news or to, to share something with somebody. Lord, make us bold to hell with hesitation, amen? amen? All right, so God is gonna make us bold, but first, before we can be bold, we have to have Jesus inside of us. He has to be the Lord, which means master, owner, God, the savior of our lives. We need to know him personally. He's not just a baby that was born 2,000 years ago who grew up and lived a perfect life and died on the cross to pay the penalty of human sin and who rose from the dead and returned to heaven and sent his spirit into every believer and who's coming back one day to be, to be present in his glorified self forever. He's not just all of that. He can be your savior, your Lord. He's my savior and Lord. And right now I'm gonna ask you to do something. It's simple. It's as simple as A, B, C. A is admit. Admit that you've hesitated many times. Admit that you haven't trusted God. You've trusted yourself. Admit that you're a sinner. That's what the Bible calls anyone who just, just doesn't follow the way of God. Admit that. And then B, believe that Jesus is not just a nice Christmas card. Jesus is not just a nice story. Jesus is who he said he is. He's the son of the living God. And he is Savior and Lord of all who receive him. And then confess him. First to, to God himself, confess to God the Father, Jesus is now my Lord, my Savior. And then call on the Holy Spirit to fill you up because that's the only way that we can live with the boldness 
that he created us to live before the foundation of the universe. So if you've never trusted Jesus as Savior and Lord, right now, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to pray as if I'm you, and, and, and you can pray this prayer. The words are not what's important. What's important is transferring ownership of yourself, from yourself, to him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for creating the universe and everything that exists and making us the pinnacle of your creation. God, we thank you that when we turned away from you, you didn't turn away from us. Thank you for sending Jesus. Right now, God, I admit I haven't lived out your plan. I haven't done the things that you wanted me to do. I've, I've, I've been in charge of my own life. And right now, I believe that Jesus, your son, is Lord, Master, Owner, God. I believe that he is the savior, the rescuer from sin and death for me. And God, I receive him and put him in place of me on the throne of my life. And God, I confess to you all of that. And I will confess it to my family and my friends. And God, I pray for the power of your Holy Spirit that you will use me to be bold and loving truthful, caring, and all of those things. This week for sure, but every day that you give me until I see you face to face. We pray this in Jesus' name, and I pray for all of us, Lord, who have prayed a prayer like that at some point in our life, that you will give us a fresh outpouring of your Holy Spirit, that we can live boldly and confidently in you, that you will be glorified and your kingdom will grow. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.